0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast. Concerts that made us, interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us dot com.
1: This is Nate. This is Ken. And you're listening to, uh, hold on one second. Let me just explain to you that we are Don't Believe in Ghosts and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us.
0: Oh, you're changing your life. Guess you didn't give it all up yet. Wonder how they even scared you now. Oh, you're taking your time. We've been waiting here for our whole lives. I bet this really scares you now
2: Stephen and ken you're very welcome to concerts that made us thanks, thanks for, having for having us guys. it's awesome to have you guys now i'm looking forward to getting some insights into your music so we kicked off the show with your track always right it was released on january 20th would you like to tell us a bit about it
3: yeah i, I could start i mean uh i could talk about where where it came from um we actually wrote this song uh, a few years ago um during covid i remember uh Getting some of the basic ideas from Nate and Dan, um, they sent it to us and then we all got together. This is during COVID. Uh, we went to a, a lake house. We rented a lake house and we went there uh, and we tracked some of the drums and the bass while we were there, which is awesome. Um, we try to do this lake house thing like once every a year where the band gets together, uh, rents a place and then does music together for like a long weekend. Um, this is one of the songs that came out of that, was born out of that weekend. and. Uh, took us a while to finish it. We wanted to really like change it up and add some stuff to it. And and some of the parts that uh, are a little bit more modern, like the synths and everything and the choruses were added later on. But uh, we're very happy with this one. And we just had a music video that came out with it too.
2: Yeah, I was going to touch on the the music video in a minute, but the lyrics, something I've noticed is the lyrics speak about kind of internal battles and self-struggles. But When you listen to the track, it feels like a really upbeat, feel good song. How do you go about setting the tone when the lyrics can be, you know, if you read the lyrics on a page that could come across quite
3: dark? Yeah, I'll let Nate speak to that one, but I I do want to say before he gets into it like this. The way that you just explained that is like a perfect description of Nate's personality. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll let let him explain why, if he knows where I'm going with this. I don't know exactly
1: why, but (laughs) what I'll say is, and and by the way, I apologize. I'm battling a crazy cold. So, uh, but I'm going to plow through it. Um, I think like, you know, there's like you know amit erdogan said something about you know you can't have one without the other right so you always you want to have like that the positive and the negative like sort of together you know if if everything is, is sweet you know then it's then it's just it's it's too much or anything is just too dark then it's too much so so having that little contrast in there ultimately i think like we're like very positive, you know, like the the sort of the the ultimate thing that we're trying to get across is kind of positivity. So despite like coming across these things in life that are sort of like um, frustrating or like battles that you might have with yourself, like ultimately it's like you're you're we're not like trying to harbor on it. We're trying to look for the way out. Right. We're trying to find out, like, where do we go with this? Like, what's the solution to this? Like, how do we you know fix it? So that's kind of like, you know, with a song like that,
2: that's, uh, you know, yeah. Right, right. And the music video, Ken mentioned a music video. I have to say it's one of the, the coolest, most entertaining music videos I've seen in a while now. What was your experiences making
3: it? I appreciate that. Nate, Nate is a creative genius when it, comes to, when it comes to coming up with these music videos. I think uh, thus far, I've been in the band for what, like three, three, four years now, uh, I guess if you count COVID, but uh, I mean, Every single video he pushes us to our limit in terms of what we're comfortable with. And I think that this is the first true video where we really just feel very comfortable with like being ourselves and just being silly. You know, we're a silly, optimistic band. And I think it really comes across and you can see our actual personalities uh, in this particular video, which is why it's so much fun to make. And it's it's very indicative of like who we are as people and as a band. Like we have a lot of fun making music. We actually enjoy it. Um, Nate, you got anything to add there? My thing is I'm I'm trying to like, Get us away from like,
1: like, so, so often I'll see videos and I'm, and I'm like, are you acting? Like, what are you doing? You're tough? Like, what are you like? I don't know. I don't Am I supposed to think you're cool? Like, who are you? Like, that's not who you really are. Right. So it's like, so in my mind, it's like, and there's enough of that. Right. So In my mind, it's like, why don't we just try and how do we figure out how to get like personality across, like who we really are, as opposed to like, you know, so many people just showboat in a video, you know, and come in and like pretend like there's something that they're not, you know, there's nothing wrong with that and having fun with it. But, you know, I think like just trying to see what's on the other side of that, you know, with what we do. So sometimes I think we hit it and sometimes it's like we try, but, you know, that's it. It's, It's
2: fun that way. I think it actually gives a little insight into what you guys would be like saying rehearsals or on tour, say, because your sense of humor really kind of shines across. I love the line <laughs> at the end, an apple a day keeps the burgers away or something. <laughs> I, I absolutely laughed out loud now when I, when I seen that bit. That was actually accidental.
1: Yeah. That was the guy who was, uh, who was handling camera for us, Benny. And he just happened to say that <laughs> so we left
2: it. <laughs> oh, and what was the, what has the reaction been like? It's just over a month now since the the song dropped, I'm sure. People jumped on it straight away, did they?
1: Yeah, so it's been great. We had a sold out release party in New York City um, the night of the release, which was like amazing because it was, I think it was our first sold out show in New York since before COVID. That was like super, super cool. And like so far the reaction's been awesome. But like, to be honest, I have to tell you the 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 truth is that we've been working on our next single and like where our sort of where our like minds kind of been is we just got back the mixes from Mark Needham who of course did the killers and, you know, on and on and on just absolute legend. And he just mixed the song. So we, we just got it back. So we've been like, while getting that song out was a cool thing for us to do and we wanted to do it. Like we've been super hyper-focused on what's coming next.
2: Ah, brilliant. Brilliant. Now you guys, You know, you seem to be a band in the middle of your rise. You know, you're having a lot of success between radio play. Your songs are featured in lots of TV shows. You've scored the soundtrack to the TV show, The Heart of St. Francis, which you also directed and edited, Stephen. But personally, what has the journey been like for you guys? And how does it feel now that you're at this point in your career?
3: yeah i mean I, i'm sure it's different for each of us but uh i think that uh i, I joined this band not not even because of the music and, and everything It's mostly because of the people and uh I, I was very appreciative of everything that each of the individuals brought and it was really awesome to see that how professional and how how much like each person person was and how much they give to each of the the songs and everything that we do together so I, I kind of see like the 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 growth in our band and the popularity as like a, as a bonus, as icing on the cake. Because I really enjoy playing music with them. You know, like I tell people all the time that like practicing with this band is a lot of fun, and that is so important. And if you keep that mentality, then you know, like you work hard at it. It's kind of just like any other job or career. Like if you enjoy what you're doing, then you're like you'll you'll be building on that. And I think that the success that's coming with it is 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 not definitely it's not in small part to like the hard work that we're putting into it, but uh, it's you know it's also like. I feel like we're, we're due some kind of measure of success given how much work we put into it. And it's been really, really great. and A lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, it's
1: those, the all of that stuff is cool, but like ultimately why we do, you know, or at least why I do what it is is because I have to, you know, it's like, it's just in me to be creative, to be creating and to have, you know, things that we're working towards, you know? So that's like, that's, it's just, it's just part of it. And then, you know, those moments like getting the Apple TV show or, you know, any those those moments of success. It's freaking amazing, you know, and like no matter what it is, like even being here talking to you, like whatever, anything it is that anybody gives us a little bit of time and attention to something we created is just super cool. Like it's just it's just
2: awesome. So. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say from a a listener's point of view, it's a pleasure to watch. You know, I feel like well, me personally, I'm into like bands that are long standing, have been around for 20, 30 years, but it's really a pleasure to watch when you catch this band that, you know, you know, you're, you know, they're going somewhere and you get to watch the journey along with them, you know? That's awesome. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. Definitely. And at this point, I like to dive into my guests, uh, personal journey when it comes to music. So if you can can you remember your earliest musical memory?
3: <laughs> I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> I mean, the I, I can tell you the first cassette tape that I got and it was embarrassing. Right, I, right. I, <laughs> I think it was from Columbia House. I don't know if you remember that. Is that like subscription service online um, where they would send you like a couple cassette tapes or CDs every single month. And I, I think the first once that I got the package I got had Bell Biv DeVoe and the uh, Vanilla Ice. So, nice. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I evolved into like liking rock very soon after. I think it's because I listened to it and I was like, you know, this is not for oh, me.
1: Bell Biv DeVoe is rocking. No, man. Bell
3: Biv DeVoe is awesome. Is that that's not the one that I'm embarrassed about. <laughs> <laughs> is that the
1: one with poison.
3: Yeah, that's a good that's a good song. That's like, iconic. Oh, that's that's not a mess. <laughs> Come on. But Buffalo. Vanilla, I showed me everything that I don't want to be in industry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all credit to him. It's great what he's success he's at. But uh, I then switched over to really, really enjoying like rock. Um, I think Incubus was like kind of the, the band that I really followed quite a bit uh, throughout high school uh, until later on when I moved to New York. Then it became more a little bit more indie alternative um, modern stuff yeah
2: yeah it's funny you should mention that subscription service actually i had a, a guest recently tell me he worked out a little uh kind of scam with those guys that if you they have a special offer if you order 12 cds or something you get the 13 free but once you order them if you get your parents to ring them and say they entered into a contract with a minor you'd get the cds <laughs> for free <laughs> wow yeah he said that he uh he had thousands of cds in his collection by the end of his teen years so
3: (laughs) wow i don't know whether i should be proud of that person or like scared of them (laughs) yeah yeah
2: (laughs) it's a bit on the fence (laughs) and steven what about you what's your earliest musical memory um first time something hit me that i
1: felt I was in Mrs. Arcus's class in kindergarten and we were uh, doing crafts and all of a sudden Beethoven's Fifth Symphony came on and she put it on and it was like, you know, and I was like, what is this? And I walked over and stood by the record player and just watched like in awe. Because it was the first time I mean, I'd heard music, but it was the first time I heard something that sounded like I felt inside, you know, where I could hear something that sounded just had the emotions that that I didn't have words for at that age. Right. So it was like so it was so cool. And I remember going home to my parents and being like, do we have Beethoven's Fifth Symphony? And they're like, who are you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's definitely one of the most interesting ones I've heard now. I've never had Beethoven turn up. Yeah, I mean, it was
1: it was so powerful, you know. And you, and, you, and Beethoven's melodies, I mean, you go through Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. I mean, that thing's been ripped off by everybody. That's everywhere, you know. Half of Billy Joel's songs, he even admits he's <laughs> taken from pieces of Beethoven's Ninth. You know, the 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 melodies and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, but but you know, from there too, it was like it was a lot of stuff. I had you know my older brother, um, he he just got me into rock music because it was like he was a rock guy um, and he was listening to like Motley Crue and stuff like that and kiss and things and rat. <laughs> and so, you know, if you want to be cool, you know, you got to listen to what your older brother's listening. <laughs> to, Right. I mean, that's like, that's like kind of the thing, you know, um, <laughs> and those guys like Motley Crue to me, I actually told Nikki six this once that when I was a kid, that motley crew were like my superheroes and that that i had in my mind that they would beat up my bullies for me you know what i mean so i wasn't scared because i was like well i don't fucking care dude motley crew will pop right in here and kick your fucking ass right <laughs> like that was like in my mind you know what and was Nick, his
2: reaction when you told him <laughs> he goes we definitely would have
1: <laughs> and i was like i know i know you would have i know
2: oh man
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was like i mean they were they were like my first superheroes you know those guys stuff like that and and you know michael jackson prince but like huge 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 you know um, prince like massive prince fan in fact dr fink from prince and the revolution uh officiated my wedding um and he's become a really good friend so that was just like a just a, a super cool thing you know he started the wedding by
2: saying dearly beloved Oh, that's pretty cool. And, you know, one thing I always love hearing about is your teenage years. I feel like your teenage years are really intertwined with music. You know, for me personally, any memory of my teenage years is linked to a song and it instantly brings back the feelings I was feeling at the time. But also, I feel like it's when you find your musical awakening. What was that time like for you guys?
1: i'll say one thing about that if you ever have a hard time jogging your memory about like a certain thing you were doing a certain year look up the top songs of that year and listen to those real quick and put them on and immediately you're going to be like just think of when's the first time i heard this what where was i what was i doing and all of a sudden you're going to have memories you haven't
3: had you know in forever you
1: know especially obscure songs that you haven't really heard since then you know yeah yeah
3: yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, uh, you know, Bush, and Nirvana, and all those uh, kind of like angsty rock. Um, whenever I hear that stuff, it brings me way back. Exactly. I know exactly each song has its own meaning because they all represent different things. And it's not even the lyrics or anything. It's really just, you know, exactly what Nate's saying. Just like remembering that moment and like special moments in time that happened during those song playing. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, I had a pretty angsty, uh, I would say rebellious teenage like yeah, a couple years so that was kind of like uh you know not in any crazy criminal way it's not like i stole thousands of cds from columbia house or anything. <laughs> but uh <laughs> hey by the way it's loose it's it's loose stealing if they mail it to you that's yeah, yeah exactly i mean like honestly they're scamming you then everybody else literally this is the only person that got it even so it's, <laughs> it's um yeah it was like a Teenage years weren't exactly my favorite, but I think that uh, listening to that music and hearing that music and remembering it now it makes me think about how much I've grown since then. And that's kind of what I like about it. It's like an important part of my life to be able to go back and reference the things that helped you grow and become a better person later are the ones that really, really stand out to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And your concerts that you've attended, what was the first
3: one for you guys? Oh, gosh. First concert. I don't know, Nate, maybe you can go. I'm trying to remember. It's a long time ago. I, I have seen some absolutely.
1: I've been very lucky. I've seen some incredible concerts. I saw Coldplay's first ever concert in the U.S. I saw Radiohead at Electric Ladyland Studios, Jimi Hendrix's famous studios with like five people in there playing. Oh, I saw Michael Jackson on his 50th anniversary special the night before 9-11. And sat next to David Hasselhoff and In uh, Sync and Britney Spears and all them, totally <laughs> crazy. I mean, I've seen some pretty insane shows. Um, <laughs> first show I ever did see though was Billy Joel, and the night before it was at Madison Square Garden. And the night before there was a a Judas Priest concert, so all of the seats were ripped out, and uh, <laughs> there was like all the seats were broken and and. All the padding ripped <laughs> out of for Garden seats <laughs> because of the Judas Priest concert. I'll never forget that. That's you
2: know. a that's not something you expect now. at A Billy Joel concert, all the seats to be ripped out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is off brand. Now, <laughs> just a minute. Judas it. Priest was and here yeah. before. I was like, well, 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 about right? here. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to open we I'm like Allentown's about to
3: go
0: off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I honestly, can't even remember the first concert I went to. Uh, I know that I, I went as a, you know, like I, I do remember going, remembering that I wanted to perform. After I mean, it's not going to be as many celebrities as, as Nate knows, but uh, uh, I, I went to go see my my mom perform with with an orchestra. Like she she was a a cello and and viola ma- major, um, and she used to perform with you know like uh, the DC whatever they're called DC orchestra or whatever. And I went to go see them play, and I was like, Oh, this is awesome! Like it was very moving to me. And that's when I realized that like performing can move people, and I wanted to be a part of that as well. Uh, I didn't tell her at the time because she forced me to play piano and I was really rebellious and I really didn't like that. But now I'm really thankful for that because I think that's kind of led me into a, you know the performance. I love that, that story. story. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I don't think I ever told you that story, Nate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like about to cry, dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is actually, it's very sweet, it's very sweet. And how does she feel about the the music you play nowadays
3: yeah i mean she hates rock but she's appreciative and <laughs> she she loves the fact that we're out there doing it and I mean, she understands the production value and what it takes um it's actually interesting because we are uh about to do a little mini run that includes going to dc which is my hometown and my, my parents are going to be coming and that'll be the first time they see me play in 15 years which is kind of crazy oh man that's going to be a special night, yeah Maybe I can move her the same way. I'm I'm guessing she'll probably put on earplugs. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Bro, we're going to make such a special night out of that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh,
2: Here's an interesting one for you guys now. From all the concerts you've attended, is there a a favorite experience you've had that had nothing to do with the band or performer you went to see?
1: Does like when uh, Slash spitting his cigarette at me and hitting me in the forehead count
2: that that would <laughs> if that's your favorite experience it's a good
3: experience I like that's part, of the music,
2: though.
1: <laughs> part of the music i guess right the experience there yeah i think like really like it's it's the community you know it's meeting people it's it's the friends that you made at concerts and stuff like that and the memories and stuff uh you know and 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 sort of the daydreaming that goes along with being at shows sometimes you know the, this this moment where you can watch a human being like just just take over a space you know and and watch like this human created thing just just capture people like that's like to me the the absolute coolest thing like whoever you're watching and you know doing it yourself or in any event like when you can see a room move emotionally together it's like and be a part of that it's like the coolest thing in
2: the world yeah 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 it really is it really is and for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect?
1: Well, I'll say this, he hits his drums a lot harder than he does in the music videos.
3: So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, I, I would say that the, the thing that we hear the most is it's energetic and fun. Um, you know, the video that, that we just released for uh, Always Right is probably the closest to what you'll see in terms of our energy. Um, we we really like having fun and it shows, you know, like we give it our, our all um and we really want people to enjoy themselves so we we try to like set up the set lists and everything in a way such that people can just dance get out there and party and then like moments where there's melancholy emotion and everything like we try to tell a story rather than just go out there and play and we think of every show as the most important show because you know like i was saying about nate earlier he's, he's an optimistic person you know like he presents himself in a way that you know really just exudes optimism and like gets people happy and makes people bring lifts people up. And that's something that we carry across in our shows every single time. For sure. Ah, it's uh it's
2: definitely some good qualities, especially in a in a front man, you know, to be able to lift the audience up like that. And out of the gigs you guys have played, is there any that stick out as maybe the concerts that have made you?
1: <coughs> We've actually, actually been really lucky the last few years. Um, some of the shows that we played, we haven't played as many shows due to COVID and stuff, but some of the shows we played have been like these moments, you know, that have just been really, really special. Like the last show, selling that out for the first time in a while was amazing. And 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 before that, you know, going out to Cleveland and playing with COIN and playing a sold out uh, House of Blues was like just such a cool thing for us to to get on the stage and, and have that opportunity. You know, and then, like, even, like, the the first show back after COVID, too, was, like, super emotional. I mean, it was, like, it was this super defiant moment for us, you know? It was, like, I lost my brother to COVID, you know, and just all the stuff that was going on. And so coming out there, it was, like, it wasn't about just getting on the stage again for any of us. It was, like, that, like, you took our fucking life away, dude, you know? Like, our fucking lives changed, you know? So it was that moment of, like, getting back up there and marching up there defiantly, You know, and and bringing back like the that that piece of ourselves, you know, that can't be taken away. You know, there's a lot of moments like that, and those are that's it's awesome. They're special, and we're lucky to have
2: those. You know, you actually, when you were saying that, for some reason, you reminded me of the battle scene in Braveheart. You know, when he stand there and he's like, "You can take our." Our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. That just popped into my mind. It sounded I don't know. I'm imagining you guys in kilts on stage with the blue face paint <laughs> going, freedom.
1: We're already video. writing our next video right there, buddy. <laughs> That's basically how we write a video. We go, Yeah, we're in kilts. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> go.
2: <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I mean, that's the sentiment, you know, I mean, that's I think a lot of people felt that like getting, you know, getting back in there was, you know, such a crazy time and affected so many people. So uh, and and I mean, think about it. It's like I don't I think we're all kind of fucked up a little bit from it. The fact that like the world shut down, dude, like it wasn't like, you know, a little thing. It was like a big thing. and we were here during that and it was like, and then we had to listen and then it, we did it at a time with the internet. So we had to listen to everybody's thought on why the world was shutting down, you know what I mean? it was <laughs> like, You know, any other time we wouldn't have
2: had to hear all that bullshit, but then we had to hear all the ideas, you know, <clears throat> it was too much. Yeah. Just a bit, just a bit. And Ken, for you, do any
3: gigs in particular stick out for you? Yeah. I mean, i would definitely echo what Nate said, but, uh, I think, um, uh, on top of that, you know, like the first sold out show at Bowery Ballroom, um, kind of right before COVID hit, it was like a big one for me. That was to me, that was the biggest show that I'd played in my life. And I really saw it as a moment as like, this is a real thing. And it just felt really, really special. Um, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, COVID happened pretty soon, soon after in terms of like after building momentum and everything. But, um, you know, everybody has to deal with that. But that was that was the show that I remember the most fondly, mostly because, you know, afterwards, I was just like, wow, this is this is what it's like. And this is fucking awesome. <laughs> we were we were backstage
1: at that show and we were like, well, we hope people come, you know, like, I don't know, you, you hope people are going to come. Yeah. And- you know you know you get to the point where it's like 500 plus it's you're you're not going to know all these people you know so you don't know and then as they told us finally that it was sold out we were like what like like (laughs) we couldn't believe that so then we were like oh that's that's not for us that can't be for us so (laughs) we watched the other bands and like we didn't there wasn't as many people in the room and we couldn't you know and then when we finally came out at the end it was like then the room filled up and people came from upstairs and from downstairs and all over the place and filled in the space and that was like yeah i mean that was definitely like one of those moments where you're like wow you know like my god this
0: is this
2: is cool yeah did it uh did it make the stage jitters a bit worse when you got out and seen all the people considering you weren't expecting as many
3: (laughs) does that that do that again i get i get more nervous if there's less people yeah me too like honestly i actually like the 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 thing is, like, I, I tell everybody this, like, you know, whenever I have friends at the show and everything, they're like, oh, do you see me? I was like, I can't see shit, man. <laughs> like, <literally, laughs> I can't see literally past the first group of people in the front ever. So just because <laughs> the lights and everything. But uh, I'm more nervous when there's like, you know, a, a lot of key people that, you know, like my family or like my friends and everything. And we're playing just for them because then it's just like, I know they're judging me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Other people, there because they love the music. These people are like judging my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) And
2: I always say you have to have some bad with the good. You know, then you'll realize how good the good really is. So, from all gigs you've ever played, not just in this band now, but is there a gig experience that maybe didn't go right? And how did you overcome it? Is that an in
1: general life gig experience? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ones you've played.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had when I was younger, I had um, two shows in a row where the cops broke up the shows and I was in a heavier band at the time. <laughs> and I remember um, the first show, the cops came in and I remember being on on um, on stage and watching as like the TVs are running out the back door and like, you know, people running, jumping out the windows and like people were stealing things off the walls and stuff. They had, We had like a ton of underage people in this place. So everybody scattered. And then like a week later, we did like a street fair in my town. Mm. Honestly, dude, this was like, it was the worst because it was, you know, I cursed at some guy. (laughs) Like (laughs) the scene is children, balloons, police on horses, you know, the whole thing. And some guy was mouthing off. So I cursed at him. Cops came, tried to beat me up threw me against the truck in the back. The guy's like, I should kill you. You know, like totally crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and and i'll never forget i was driving away from that show i saw my parents they look so disappointed you know what i mean like like so and that's that's the thing nothing will get you more than thinking that they're disappointed they don't have to say a word but like when your parents are disappointed and they don't have to say anything they're like we'll talk to you later that's like oh <laughs> i was like i was like i'm trash so i was driving <laughs> away from that and i was thinking i feel like <laughs> i feel like the message is getting lost here you know like maybe Maybe there's another way to do this, and that was pretty much the end of my phase of like doing heavier music at that point.
0: Oh, right,
2: yeah. right, yeah. And Ken, what about what about you? Yeah, uh,
3: I think probably uh, in mean, a few bands ago, like eons ago, uh, we played a show with a a uh, like a rapper, and you know, like this guy was really really popular, and there was, like hundreds of people there, and then we it was. Mm-hmm. I remember it was an opener and then it was our band and then there was the the rapper and the opener was like killing it. Everybody was loving it all into it. And we are like, man, our music does not fit this at all. (laughs) Cause we were like light rock and we get out there and we play and literally like half of the first song and every single person left, like to go to like the bar or whatever. And that was like, it was like embarrassing everything. But I think that like one of the things that we talked about a lot after is like to not take this personally. Cause I was thinking like, you know, what would I have done in the same situation if I went there to go see something and, you know, like, I don't know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick on yacht rock, but if I went to go see some really, really great music and then yacht rock came on or something like that, I know Nate loves yacht rock, <laughs> but uh you know, I would, I would believe, I that's wouldn't be like, I hate this. So it's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, I think that's one of the things that's really helped me like try to try to understand that like things aren't personal. It's like tastes, you know, like it's not like we're assholes and it's not like we're terrible. We're just not the right fit yeah
2: yeah i suppose an important lesson as well uh make sure you're not booked with a completely different type of
3: genre yeah definitely that that's definitely something i learned from that for sure too now and make sure that it's not something completely crazy
2: yeah yeah and what kind of antics do you guys get up to backstage when you're touring oh my gosh this is, what
3: what is the rating on this podcast <laughs> <What> is- <laughs> you can
2: say whatever you want <laughs>
1: Do you
3: want to see some pictures of the uh, hot tub in uh, Fort Wayne? No, 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 that no, no. <laughs>
0: one.
3: I mean, we're 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 really silly in general. I mean, obviously, you probably saw. And that by and the way, the up. hot tub in in Fort Wayne is four dudes in the hot tub in Fort Wayne. Like that was.
0: That's our through. antic.
1: We took pictures, and then like a day or two later, we're like, "Are we fucking gay?" Like nothing to far with it, but that was pretty fucking
3: gay, right? It's fine, but. You know, yeah. We just hung out in the hot tub and didn't think anything of it, you know. Nate's a prankster for sure. He's always pranking people. He's trying to like make pulling over on us. And I would say Dan, the the guitarist, he's uh he's like our the band child. So kind of like, <laughs> we joke around with him, and and like he it is always the last one to catch on, in, in a good way. It's hilarious, and we have a lot of fun with each other.
2: Ah, good, good. And uh, I'd actually love to. You guys should start video on behind the scenes, especially the pranks. You know, the the fans would love to get an insight into that. And, you know, what's your pre-show and post-show rituals? How do you psych yourself up and then how do you wind down afterwards?
3: For me, uh, pre-show, I mean, like, I like to just kind of be by myself. Uh, you know, we, we're we generally chatting backstage and everything, but I'm kind of like not really focusing. And then right before we go on, uh, the bassist, uh, Lex, um, and I always do push-ups. <laughs> You got to do the push-ups to get amped up, and also to <laughs> you know to get swole for a second on stage, in case you need to take your shirt off. <laughs> right, right. And the post post ritual. I mean, this is uh, this is. I feel like I'm painting myself and a picture that I don't want to be a light not only painted, but post show for me is usually a shot of fireball or two right afterwards, right. Uh, or shot of something, you know, like. Your nerves, you've been on high adrenaline and everything because I, I never drink before shows just because I don't want to affect the performance. But, you know, like right afterwards, I'm always like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I just try and not talk
1: as much as possible before a show. That's like kind of really hard, but like to save my voice before shows, like it's just good for me to kind of get in my zone. And I know like it's uh, it's like a weird thing too, like when I was touring a lot because like people would come to <coughs> see you and they want to talk. And it was like, and like before a show, I have to just kind of like shut down get in my head space rest my voice and stuff um but after a show i mean a little bit more i like i like to just get food to be honest with you like after show dan and i like that's like our thing too is like we'll be like all
2: right where are we going to eat after this you know cats that's always cats <laughs> they're always going to cats delicatessen ah see you shouldn't have uh shouldn't have said that now because there's going to be like a swamp of people that they <laughs> waiting for them the next time <laughs>
3: Everybody, they can <laughs> line for us. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's there's always a, a mass of people that like for New York shows. If you go to Katz's, like any time at like you know in the summer at night or any any nights it's like ridiculous this place how packed it gets for pastrami sandwiches that are like forty bucks, dude. I mean,
2: I've heard, I've heard. Is that the the one that's been around for like years? Is it? I think it was in was a shown in the film Taxi Driver, maybe. But the really famous sandwiches. A lot of movies. I think
1: the the big famous scene is when Harry met Sally that took place there. Ah, yes, yes.
2: She's like, I'll have what she's having or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, say 30, 40 years time when you guys are old and gray, you need Zimmer frames on stage, you're playing to the nursing home. What do you want your legacy to be?
3: I just want to, I want people to remember like us, like the positive impact that our music has had on people's lives. Just like you were talking about before, like, you know, like when you think of songs that remind you of moments in your life that doesn't. it can be good, it can be bad. It's just transformative or something that like is emotional. I'd love for people to be able to think of some of our songs um, that we're writing now in the future and be like, that reminds me of this moment in my life when in a transformative way. And obviously, hopefully for the better. Um, but just something like that, that would be really, really cool as a legacy yeah yeah just really touch people like that, yeah that'd be really nice. You're muted oh, you muted <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's you know, I've
1: never told anybody that, and that's the first time I've ever told anyone, and I feel really good that I got that off my chest
2: right, right. that uh makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but um, I think you know, for me, it's like I, I'd want people to smile. I'd want them to like look back and be like. You know, to to feel that that bit of nostalgia with it, like to feel that moment and also, um, you know, to 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 maybe dig through lyrically and find little things that, you know, can connect them to the time and, and to choices they made and stuff like that. You know, I find Like, that's kind of cool. You know, a lot of a lot of now, like I'm cognizant. I had a son, you know, so now I'm cognizant, too. And like lyrically and like certain things is like, you know, you, you're writing it for. It's for now, but like also in the future when someone's going to sit down and listen to it. And it's like, what are you representing? You know, what are you, you know, so I'm super proud of like the stuff we've said so far, you know, and cognizant of like how it could be listened to in the future, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I getcha. And before we dive into the last couple of questions, what are your future plans? Tours, music, spill the beans.
3: Yeah. So uh, we have a, a few mini runs coming up. Um, we'll be, In April, we'll be going down to like the D.C., uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore area uh, in May. Nate, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. In May, uh, we're going to the Midwest, I think, Cleveland, uh, Akron, and then we're going to be um, I can't remember the last one. So in the like I'm being tested right now. It's like a pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you don't need to give all the dates. Go to don'tbelieveandghost.com.
1: check out the dates. Yeah, it's being added. Don't we're believe be, in ghosts. We're gonna be hitting hitting the road. We're gonna be playing a little bit more out there. And um, and we got a bunch of songs that we're just super excited to like get
3: out and share, you know. Yeah. We're also uh, we're jumping into a studio in a couple of weeks to to record like a live performance uh, show or so we can send that out to people. It'd be really nice to give people insight into exactly what you're asking, like what you can expect from hearing us live.
2: Brilliant. That's that's very exciting now. And one thing I'm dying to know could be far off in the future now. But how long do European listeners have to wait to maybe catch one of your shows?
1: Hopefully not too long, dude. I mean, that's like a huge dream for us is to go to Europe and play. I mean, that's like. You know, get us get us on a festival and we're there. You know, definitely, we'll we'll be there. So as
2: soon as that happens, we're we're there without a doubt. Brilliant, brilliant. Right, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. Everybody gets these, I'm afraid. So you can't get off the podcast to answer. If you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be?
3: I, I think I'd have to go with Michael Jackson. I mean, just because. I, I mean, he's such an incredible performer. Like, he's such a perfectionist. He really, really, he cares. I would say, you know, put him up against anybody in terms of caring about the quality of a show, and he's he's up there for sure. Um, I wish he didn't do any of the fucked up <laughs> <He> did. <laughs> <laughs> that did. That doesn't happen at his shows, at least. But that would be that would be my show.
2: Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's actually a very common answer. Actually, a lot of people say it, they wish they could have seen him. Oh yeah, saw
1: oh, Michael Jackson, and it was
2: like otherworldly that's all i can yeah. say
1: Damn, yeah i wish i had dude yeah.
3: Here's yeah. How yeah. down. <laughs> the, the
1: lights went out the whole place went absolutely bananas absolutely bananas and then one spotlight came down right on the stage and there was a little uh table with a you know with a suitcase and he walked over that's all you needed and then he goes and opens it up and you're out of your fucking mind that's all he did. He opened the suitcase and you're going, oh my God. And then he like reaches in and grabs a hat and you're like, oh my God. And then he puts it on his head and
3: Billie Jean kicks in and you're like, what the
0: actual fuck? Yeah.
3: Oh my. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> he knows how to captivate an audience. That's, that storytelling right there. That's like, you know, that's what I think we would want to strive to be is like telling a story with every moment of the show. And he's thought through every single second of every show for sure. Everything he he takes that anticipation
1: and he knew you were going to anticipate seeing all of those little the glove and he holds
2: it up and teases it, <laughs> you know, and
0: you're <laughs> like,
1: that's my fucking glove.
0: bro!"
2: <laughs> yeah, an absolute master of performance. He, he knew how to just hold you in the palm of his hand, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Stephen, who would you who would you like to see for one night only? well i mean i saw prince i met prince i saw uh
1: michael jackson um to be honest beethoven right i mean like you know i was expecting it to go back crazy though (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and yeah i mean like to just to be at one of those performances because because that gives me a little more stuff too because now i'm going back to the 18 you know i'm going hundreds of years back i'm rolling in it's like (laughs) I'm like, I already know shit you people don't know. You know
2: what
1: I mean? I'm in a good position. I'm in a very good position, right? I'm loving it. Yeah.
2: I have to ask now. I have to ask. A lot of people say they would love to see Prince because a lot of people obviously missed the chance to see him. But since you've met him, what was he actually like? Was he as fun and sassy as he came across?
1: Bro, all I'm going to say is this. Uh, I saw Prince multiple, multiple times. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, just there's not anybody on the earth that has ever lived that could come close to what he. And I I, I don't there's no you can't put you can't put it into words. You know, um, early on, I brought my wife like when we were dating to see him. And I was like, you know, let's go. And she's like, uh, you know, and I'm like, let's go. And she walked out of it like I, I, I don't even like I saw like a master, you know, like that was was unbelievable (laughs) he's so good but i met him and um and it was actually uh clive davis um was there as well and initially like clive davis is on stage (laughs) and he's you know playing a bunch of songs it's a small it's like there's it's in in new york city it's a small little theater uh there's maybe like 30 people in this theater um, and it was mostly press, and he was like, You know, uh, Clive was you know sharing some of the songs from the record, nobody knew Prince was gonna be there, and then he played a couple of songs off of like a boom box, you know. And Clive's dancing, and then finally goes, You know what? I'm just gonna have Prince play this, and everybody's like, What? and the curtain opens, and there's Prince with his band, he's like, On the one, <laughs> you know, and you're like, Oh, fucking what? like, like, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't even know where I was, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like, Okay that's amazing. But to be honest with you, so after the show, it's a small little space and he's standing there. I'm like, this is my opportunity to say hello. You know? So I walked over and he was talking to Clive Davis and I went over to him and I said, I just want to say that it's an honor to be alive at the same time as you, you know? And he looked me in the eye. He sh- Like it, like people said, he never would. He shook my hand and he looked me in the eye and he said, thank you very much, you know? And uh, and then from there I was like okay I'm gonna back away right you know I'm gonna go hide. The best part was I'm sitting over across the room and I can't even believe like what just happened that I met Prince I shook his hand you know told him what an honor it was to be alive at the same time as him. And then I see he eyes this girl who's sitting up like a reporter girl who's sitting up in like the bleacher seats and he's like looking at her. And then finally he takes his little blouse shirt and he grabs her from the back and he starts walking up the stairs towards this girl. And she's got like her papers out and he stands over her and he goes, "You coming with me?" And she's like, "Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know." And she's like with her papers, "I don't know." And he goes, "Forget it." And he turns around and starts leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?" right? So then she takes all her papers. She puts it in her little, little briefcase. He never looks back. He walks all the way down the stairs, all the way to the back door. He gets to the back door. He opens it, holds it like this, right? Behind mm-hmm. him. And she walks in. He doesn't even know she's there. And he holds it knowing that she's there, right? Because <laughs> the prince. And yeah. she walks in with him. And that was it. And the door closes. And, and, and they go off. And I was like, like. That was like right out of Purple Rain, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was, he was, so he was, like, people say it all, you've heard Dave Grohl say it, like, everybody says it. They're like, he, Prince is like Prince in person. Like, there's no other, he's just this other godly world thing, you know? (laughs) Just appears places and then disappears, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That that was it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I never saw anything like that. I'm like, fucking dude lived like Prince, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like, that was pretty cool, you know?
2: Oh, oh, if you cool. could be even as like 10% as cool as he was. I oh, got man.
1: that. I, get, go down. <laughs> I got
3: the 10%. You're like 15, like, 15%. Maybe.
1: We don't have to go solo, you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh,
2: right. The, the next one. So it's a bit of a weird one. If you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any artist or performer from history, who would it be?
0: Hmm.
3: This one's tough because then you have to start thinking about their personality and everything, too. It's not, it's not like yeah. they're just going to be performing for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's about who it is. <laughs> performer? It has to be a musician? Mm,
2: usually. Any, oh. An artist, anyone in the art field. I'll make it easier.
3: I don't know, Nate, you got somebody in mind?
1: I mean, I don't really want to spend be locked in a room with anybody. Yeah, <laughs> especially somebody who's dead you know what i mean yeah <laughs> this, this, you know we don't believe in ghosts by the way i don't know if you knew that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it'd be fucking weird if they're dead no but <laughs> yeah, i got a bit smelly <laughs> i get it i mean you know i i think like you know some, some, some things are just left to be like, there's a mystique to, to, to things from the past, you know, because you can't alter it because you, they can't ruin it for you. And I think that if you were to go and sit down with somebody, you know, it was a great, I'm i am not going to say who or what, but there, anyway, there's stories of people meeting people and they're just, they don't, they, they're a legendary and they don't turn out to be, you know, what you think it's going to be, you know? And yeah. so you you're not meeting the person on stage. You're meeting the person who's not on stage, you know? <clears throat> so I'd rather hang out with my dudes, you know, in the yeah. band. I'd rather be locked away with my band and, and work with them because I know we're gonna have a good time and you know, we're gonna be creative and, and create some stuff. But, you know, I don't need to fan over somebody in a room, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's actually the first time I've had an answer anything like that now. I like it. It's uh it's actually better than picking
3: someone you know and as you said fanning over them that's no, a good one i mean that's i was thinking the same thing honestly like i don't know i don't know if i'd want to meet people um you don't know if they get along you'd get along with them and it might ruin this the the specialness that you had in your head for them uh, i would definitely prefer to i know it sounds cheesy i'd prefer to spend time with you know double wicked ghosts we do that often you know with the lake houses that i mentioned uh and where we know we'd just be writing 24 7 and that'd be awesome. Yeah. You don't know if they're
1: going to start talking politics or some shit, and you're going to be like,
3: womp, womp.
2: Get me out of here. Oh, oh man, come on. (laughs) And the final question then, what song would
3: appear on the soundtrack to your lives? Oh, man, the easy answer is makes no difference, but that sounds so fucked up. (laughs) No. Uh, Soundtrack your life in terms of being accurate to how my life has gone or how I'd like it. To be. Yeah. Just something that represents your life. Say you're, uh, you're walking out
2: in, say you're a boxer and you're walking out into the ring. What theme song is playing? Oh yeah.
3: I would definitely, I would choose put your head back. That's like the theme song that I rock out to now. Um, that's like our, our most dancey and most like heavy hitting song in terms of that way. Um, it's kind of how I try to take everything now, you know, it's just like, throw caution to the wind and just fucking go out there and do it. Um, and I love that as an anthem.
1: I think so. I mean, I think that song also encompasses really like what we stand for and like, you know, how like, you know, sometimes things can be going wrong and, you know, and and just you, you could get distracted, but at the end of the day, you know, you just got to put your head back into your heart, you know, and uh, and and figure and find who you are. You know, what was that? Who, who you know, somebody once said to me uh, in an interview, they asked me, um, you know, what advice would you give to 10 year olds, your 10 year old self, you know? And, and honestly, I would want my 10 year old self to give me the advice more than I would want to sit <laughs> for me because my 10 year old self, <coughs> you know, it's like that, that like, that's who you were when you were, discovering music. that's who you were when you were like discovering how to be cool and like what matters and stuff like that, you know, and to get some of that stuff back is like, You know, that's huge, you know. So that's kind of like that whole put your head back is like, you know, when you think of your heart, you're thinking of like that 10 year old self of you who's, you know, who's, who's getting defined, who's defining, you know, what they're, what they're about, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Guys, it's been an absolute blast. Now, I have to say it genuinely. It's one of the funnest interviews I've done. So thanks a million. (laughs) Thanks for having us. This is great fun.
3: I'm
1: sorry, I'm coughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm bro,
3: coughing bro. over here too. This is
1: like <laughs> something's going around for sure. I'm like <coughs> battling something. I apologize, but dude, you've been awesome. Thank you so much for hanging with us. This is awesome.
0: Now put your hands. Time to pull these valves together. And if I stop, oh, don't stop. You can't fool yourself forever. Sometimes.
1: Jamie Hernan and Adam Haig here, co host of the Comedy Roundtable podcast, recorded live at the Punchline Comedy Club in Atlanta, Georgia. And we've got some of the best stand up comedians in the world. I'm talking United States and beyond. Here, the comics face a gauntlet of unique and off the wall questions while being verbally dragged through curious
0: and quirky
2: hypotheticals.
0: If you like stand up comedy, you'll love Comedy Roundtable. New episodes are released weekly. We've got nearly a 100 episodes out there to choose from.
1: Let's start with one of our more recent episodes, such as our interview with Caleb Sinon,
2: Caroline Ray, or Craig Robinson. Visit ComedyRoundtable.com or search Comedy Roundtable in your favorite podcast player pull up a chair at the Comedy Roundtable. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey. Hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show's over.
0: It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.